Hey there, and welcome to the Love, Laugh, Let It Go podcast. I'm Lindsay, and if you're anything like me, you've let perfectionism, timelines, and the opinions of others control your life and hold you back. Yikes. Girl, it's time to change that, and I'm so glad you're here. On this podcast, we're all about loving ourselves, laughing as we figure life out, and letting things go that stand in the way of living the lives we've dreamed of. So let's freaking go as we love, laugh, and let it go together. Hey, hey, and welcome to the last day of May. I am so excited, as always, to bring today's guest to you. Uh, it's He's one of my friends from back home. And when I put out this casting call for the Mental Health Awareness Month, I was like, I want men, I want women, I want different stories. And Kevin was just like, hey, you know what? I've never done a podcast, but I am happy to do this. So I am really, really excited for you to hear a male perspective about mental health. We talk about all kinds of things, you know, the way society perceives mental health and the difference between men and women, family dynamics, work dynamics. We cover a lot in a short period of time. And I really hope you enjoy the episode because we had a lot of fun recording it. Uh, Before we hop in, I will catch you up on the last week like I usually do. I'll make it really quick because it's honestly like, let's just get to the episode, right? (laughs) Um, But I was in Cabo celebrating my friend Heather with a bunch of her friends. We had a great time, Uh, did some parties, did a club tour, did a boat ride around Cabo, and it was just really cool to connect with people I hadn't met before. And oh, we just had the best time. We had beautiful weather. It was great. Um, and now I'm back home and jet lag is real. I've been home for like five days and yeah. Um, and then this weekend I hung out with some friends, got to know some people better. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just been honestly a really great week if we're being completely honest. So that's what's going on. Uh, but like I said, I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. I'm really excited to be able to bring a male perspective to Love, laugh, let it go. And I am just really grateful um, that Kevin was willing to do this. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Kevin. Hi, everybody. I am so happy you are joining us today. I am really excited to introduce you to one of my friends. Uh, His name is Kevin. I met him when I was working for a company up in Maine, and we have stayed friends um, since then. So I met Kevin in 2019. Um, and while I could introduce him, I'm going to let him introduce himself. So Kevin, tell everybody about you. <laughs> okay. Will do. Thanks, Lindsay. Uh, so as Lindsay mentioned, I'm Kevin, met Lindsay back a few years ago, uh, at a company here in Portland, Maine, where I reside. Um, I still live here with my wife and my two kids. My daughter, Avery is eight. My son, James is five and my lab Grady is recently turned 10, um, but I live here in, in Portland. Um, I work for uh, Lindsay and I both work for different companies now, but I work uh, as an account executive um, for a consulting firm. And uh, yeah, happy to to join you, Lindsay. I'm a, I'm a fan of the podcast. I haven't listened to every episode, but I've listened to enough. Uh, and I always chuckle at the end when you address everyone, you say, girl. <laughs> and, I, and I just, I look at myself in the mirror. I said, I am your girl. So uh, yeah, I appreciate anyway, that. Yeah, that's me. Maybe, maybe one day I'll record it and I'll be like, Hey girl and Kevin, just to see. I mean, I'm sure your attention. demographic is, I, I, I would imagine your demographic is, is a bit more tending to the female side, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, generally, generally speaking, but I appreciate that you listen. Yeah. So, yeah. um, all right. So as you know, we're talking all about mental health. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to get your opinion about what mental health um, in America kind of looks like. I know that's a really broad question, but like, what do you think are the driving factors for the majority of people when it comes to mental health and the decline in mental health? And I know, again, that looks different for everybody, but just your yeah. opinion. Yeah. So I'd say, you know, thinking back, even as recently as probably three years ago, I wasn't someone who thought a lot about mental health or frankly knew much about it. And I probably mm-hmm. still don't know a ton, but, you know, I did, I started to get turned on to it a little bit or start to be more focused on the effects of mental health and the decline. Um, you know, when a family member of mine was, was struggling with, uh, with their mental health. And yeah. at first we weren't sure if it was just a, we weren't sure what the problem was. And, and as we got deeper and deeper, we, we did realize there were some things that needed to be addressed. And that's when I started doing some, some reflecting and obviously trying to educate myself. But in terms of your question, I think it's, it's a, it's a complex world we're living in. Uh, I think mental health and, and the status of it probably depends on, you know, age groups and demographics, but okay. in general, I think about a world that is challenging, um, a, a lot of economic stress, a lot of, uh, pressure from things like social media that didn't used to exist. And, yeah people trying to find their way. Uh, I know our age, a lot of people, you know, coming out of the college era with, with significant debt, trying to find affordable living and just, just basically getting by. But I think there's an increasing pressure that comes with that. You know, think about how our you know parents had different, a different world they were coming into. Ours is just more complicated. And I think, uh, yeah. People are are exploring that in different ways. And I've had, you know, different experiences trying to be reflective. I'm I'm someone who who likes to think they're pretty self-aware. And even yeah. I know when I'm in a good place and when I'm struggling a little bit. So it's a it's a complicated question. And and I think the answer everyone's trying to get to is is what are the solutions to work towards battling that declining state when that's happening? Um and it's something everyone's trying to figure out in their own unique ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I know you're married. And I also know you have sisters just because I know that relationship there, but do you feel like mental health for men is looked at differently than mental health from women? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think, um, you know, we all know there's been a stigma about mental health and, and I think that's being broken down gradually, but, but absolutely. I think there's still a sentiment that if um, if a male is heading to therapy, there's a there's a there's sort of an unspoken no maybe maybe he's a little weaker or mm-hmm. um, you know that kind of thing. I think that's getting broken down in a good way. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, mental health you know, historically have been much more focused around uh, women and the challenges that they're facing, and and it's just a little bit of a taboo concept for men. So I think in the past few years we've seen that shift and yeah. in, in a positive way. Um, but yeah, I think there's still a, a divide there in terms of the interpretation of someone who's who's pursuing therapy or struggling uh, yeah. with depression, as an example, uh, I think it is looked at a little differently. Um, so that family member that you had mentioned um, who was struggling with the mental health, when that happened, um, was there like an intervention done um, without going into too much detail? Cause yeah. obviously um, that's not your story to like completely share. And it's not our story to really talk about, but was there an intervention done or was it just something that, you know, somebody was like, okay, this has to happen. Or how did that like really play out with details? Yeah. It was comfortable sharing. Yeah, it was over a, a fairly significant period of time. I'd say you know eighteen months when when things were rough. And and yeah, there were there were multiple intervention um, attempts. There were um, there was you know treatment provided. 
Yeah. But what was what was really eye-opening for me was it was no longer someone independently struggling. That effect rippled so dramatically across all the family members that were trying to help and that were trying to find the right path forward. And I saw how it affected, you know, my my family. And um, you know, we all wanted the best for this person, but didn't yeah. quite know how to, we had thoughts and ideas on how to how to you know get that get that help. But it took some time. Uh, yeah. you know, ha- ha- happy to share that it's now in a much better place. And awesome. Um, you know, things are going really, really well. So, but yeah, during that time, it was there were some dark times, and and it was a good opportunity for me as someone who was not necessarily well informed on mental health or the status of someone going through you know a depression state like that to learn more about it and develop some empathy and education for myself because. I had, I, you know, fortunately I hadn't, I have not yet and hopefully have not or will not go through something like that. But, you know, someone who was close to our family and, and we had to together navigate it and understand that even though we thought we knew what the best path forward was, there had to be some buy-in on both sides. So it was, it yeah. was really complicated, but, but eye-opening in a good way for me for being aware of myself and others that may be in a, stat, in a state like that and need help and finding ways to navigate uh, a best path forward that's that's agreeable and that is is mm-hmm. most helpful. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think you touched on a good point there is that there has to be that buy-in from both sides. So even though, you know, there was people who thought they knew maybe what the best best path forward was, there really has to be that buy-in from that person that, you know, you want to help. And that takes time. Yeah, and, and, and I am someone who is almost obnoxiously practical in that I will, mm. I will put emotions aside and I'm, I'm a problem solver, right? I'm the classic. Yeah. My wife has something that she's venting about from work and I just try to fix it. And mm-hmm. that rightfully annoys her because she just wants me to listen okay. and, and be a shoulder, you know, to cry on or just to, you know, someone to bounce ideas off. I'm not, not always asking for a solution. So, yeah. you know, that's an adjustment for me as well as that even though I could see it clear as day what needs to happen, it doesn't really matter. And in some cases, that's not what's being asked for in that conversation. It's more of right. listening and venting. Uh, you know, I'm someone who is pretty internal in nature. I keep things, I'm not bottled up the wrong word, but I don't often find the need or desire to, to share and vent things. I'd rather mm-hmm. think about it, sleep yeah. on it, solve it myself. But I've, I've learned that sometimes it is important to just unload it on someone and see if, uh, see if they got any ideas. Kind of like to jump a little bit from that topic, but not completely. Um, I remember a specific time and you probably remember it once I bring it back up uh, when we were working together and I was just like at the end of it. And I was like, Kevin, I need to talk to you in an office like right now. And I just I unloaded. I yeah, I do. <laughs> I was, I was a little take, I was a little uh, not ready for that. I don't think I had my coffee yet, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was pretty necessary though, for me to know like where you were at, where your frustrations were. And um you know, in terms of decline, topic of declining mental health, I don't know if that position ended up contributing very well towards that, but, you know, we're, we're both onward, but, uh, yeah. but yes, that's a great, great example. Yeah, no, for sure. No, uh, um, I mean, I did end up in therapy at that job and that was <laughs> contributing. I'd like to think that wasn't directly tied to me, but. Not directly tied to you, but anyway, okay. that's kind of like an aside. Um, but yeah, just like that venting and getting it out and how different people, you know, deal with things. And so. Yeah. And I think a lot of times women are more quick to start ranting. Yeah. Maybe that's a generalization. Um, But, you know, I know a lot of females who, when we're feeling a certain way, like, you're going to know about it. 
And I also know a lot of females who do keep it bottled in. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think yeah, obviously there's, there's deviations either way, but definitely I think women are more naturally uh, prone to, to finding therapeutic things to help like talking, like venting, whereas men a little bit more likely to not share that and, mm-hmm. and just kind of wait and figure it out. Um, yeah. you know, and as a generality, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. How are you seeing like your children? Cause I know Avery is eight. Um, and your son is five, um, mm-hmm. in the way that they express emotions, like, are you seeing yeah. that like play out in a weird way or in a fairly normal yeah, way? Yeah, no, it's very different. The two of them, first of all, Avery is, is extremely socially conscious. Uh, she, yeah. she listens, she, she reads aggressively. She's always fallen asleep to books on tape. So she has a lot of social, uh, knowledge and experience and, and tone. So she's very, uh, aware of what's going on. Like an example will be Meg and I will be in the kitchen, you know, not even arguing, but like talking about a calendar. Like, oh, I thought it was Friday. No, I told you it was Thursday. And, and every in her classic, innocent t- tone of voice be like, mommy, daddy, why are you squabbling? She's like squabbling. I'm like, hey, we're not squabbling. This is just discussing. We're, we're talking. But, you know, I, she's now hyper aware, both from her experiences and just like stories in life of, uh, you know, what it's like, just, just the emotional impacts of things. She's the one who she'll cry at every Disney movie. She's a very emotional kid. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have to be conscious of that too. And, I, and I've said similar things to my wife. My wife might have a, might have a day where she'll be getting, everyone's been here, right? Like getting dressed and just, ah, uh, just not loving the way I look today or, or you know, not, not really feeling myself today. And, and it, she has to be more conscious of that now because, you know, that will inevitably pass down an experience to Avery. Like, oh, maybe if I wake up and, and I don't like how I look, it, it, things can echo. So, yeah. so for her, uh, you know, we have to be more hyper aware that, you know, eight seems young, but she's, she's very socially intelligent. Now my son, James, he's, um, he's a, he's a wild child. He's had a bit more, uh, he's needed some help on the, um, OT side, um, speech, behavioral. Um, he's going into kindergarten. He's he's made leaps and bounds since, I'd say, in the past eighteen months. Yeah. But in terms of you know his emotions, he's he's obviously only five. So right. we've had a lot of um, work with you know uh, breathing exercises when he gets upset or count to ten. So obviously it's it's a little bit more uh, you know basic tools. Yeah. But he's someone who does have problems get, keeping his emotions in check just from being little and not always being able to communicate effectively. So yeah, different elements there, but yeah, absolutely. As they get older, it brings, you know, their mental well-being even more into the, into the spotlight because I'm trying to understand how is, how are they interpreting the world around them and what, yeah. um, what signs or what sort of techniques do I need to be getting in front of them, Meg and I as parents, so they can develop normally again in, in a world that's not going to get any easier than what we're navigating. Yeah, no, for sure. I can't imagine raising like little ones right now in the world that's going on yeah. around us. It there's a lot happening. Yeah. So and thank goodness for my wife because she's she, I mean, she's a teacher and she mm-hmm. is she's you know very uh emotionally aware where I may get I have a, sh- a shorter leash with James, for example, and get super frustrated. She's the one who can remain calm and be like, Well, you know, I see you're I see you're upset right now. But hitting is not going to help. What, what's something that could help your problem? Like I'm, I'm working yeah. on those techniques. It definitely comes a lot more naturally for her because she yeah. she works, you know, <laughs> with that age group and with with children who um, who have you know behavioral focuses. So yeah, uh, so I learned from her a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But five year olds just have big emotions. So yeah, a lot of feelings. So yeah, lots of feelings. They're trying to unpack how to communicate those. So yeah. cool. So overall, um, 
in terms of mental health, uh, what do you do to like keep your mental health in check? Yeah, good question. Like I said, I I painfully feel like I'm very self-aware of where I'm at if I'm having a bad day at work or, yeah. um, you know, frustrated with something or other. And, you know, for me, it's usually some sort of, uh, it's some sort of either physical activity, like go for a walk, go for a run. Um, I love, honestly, mega laugh, but golf is really therapeutic for me. Just being outside, yeah. walking around, you know, with my own thoughts clear in my head. And I'd say the other thing is, you know, I, I do listen to podcasts, you know, they, they're not necessarily emotionally uh, driven. It's usually some sort of sports related thing, but it helps just kind of reset my brain. Um, and, and again, trying to look at the things that are frustrating me and, and figure out if that's something that is worth the level of attention I'm putting on it, or like, yeah. am I going to care about this in, in a week? Um, yeah. Just trying to assess what's going on. But life these days is super fast paced. Like, as you'd imagine, right? You're getting up, you're getting the kids out the door, you're working, you're picking up the kids, you're bringing them to whatever sport they're doing, you're, you're yeah. slinging a dinner together, and then you maybe sit down on the couch for an hour if you can stay awake and try to catch up on each other's day. Um, so, you know, a lot of times you do have to, I'm finding I have to make more of a proactive effort to yeah. to get in front of things that are bugging me because otherwise there's just not enough time. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's some of the things that I use. And and I'm also trying to be better about if, if something's bugging me, like I, I certainly have resources, both, you know, in my current company, you know, from longtime friends from college, try to pick up the phone, shoot a text, like see if I can get some input and try to not isolate myself with, with the problem um, yeah. because that's something that I would inherently lean to. Uh, I'm just yeah. trying to know that sometimes another perspective can help. And like your example, just kind of unloading something for 90 seconds, uh, usually you feel a little better after. Yeah, generally. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah. on and being like really open about some things in your life that have happened and talking about mental health. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to add? No, I would just say, you know, mental health is going to continue to be a really big problem, both macro, you know, in the, the whole world, but also just in everyone's life. And I think everyone navigates things differently. But one thing that you know, never hurts is if you just have a buddy or somebody you haven't talked to in a while and just, just reach out, ask how they're doing. Um, it might be an avenue where they were hoping someone would do that, or maybe things are going great, but there's, there's nothing, I think in a world where, you know, a lot of us are working remotely or you've got, you know, social media everywhere. It's just healthy yeah. to, to reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while and just check in on how people are doing. I think a lot of, a lot of people like me, you know, men or women, can be can have a tendency to bottle things up and mm -hmm. and sometimes they just need someone to to offer that olive branch to maybe vent a little bit and if if everyone did that it it certainly would it wouldn't hurt you know it help yeah. help a little bit each day so that's just a just a closing thought yeah and I think you're really good about that too by the way like reaching out and like we've stayed in contact that way yeah. I think a lot so um you practice what you preach so thank you yeah. for that you got it. <laughs> All right, Kevin, if anybody wants to get in touch with you and continue this conversation about mental health, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, you could find me on Instagram, uh, kevbale7, K-E-V-B-A-I-L-7. Um, all it is is just pictures of my kids and my dog pretty much. But um, but yeah, you can you could reach me there if you had, if you had anything that you uh, wanted to follow up on. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You got it. Thanks, Lindsay. Wasn't that so fun? I just really enjoyed my conversation with Kevin. I always do. He and I have stayed pretty close since I moved down here. 
And I am just, like I said, so grateful that he agreed to do that. And I hope that you loved the episode as much as I loved recording it. Um, And I'm also excited to tell you that just because May is over does not mean this series is over. My intention when I started this series was to release everything in May. But based on recording schedules with other people and my own personal schedule, getting these episodes out in a quality way just wasn't possible. So we will continue this for as long as people really want to share their stories. Um, And what that means is there will be a combination now moving forward of interviews and solo episodes because I know some people prefer interviews, some people prefer solo episodes, and I just really want to give you what you want. So if you ever have any ideas, feel free to DM me on Instagram at lovelaughlins and we can chat. Um, but otherwise, I'm excited to continue talking to you and continuing this conversation. Um, and of course, before I leave you, I'm going to leave you with what I always leave you with, but we'll change it up a little bit, you know, just to keep things interesting. So you, yeah, you, I love you. I believe in you and you are so worthy of living a life that you are ridiculously happy with. I am so grateful you're here and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved what you heard, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on Instagram and tag me at love laugh Lynn's so we can connect until next time. Keep loving, laughing, and letting it go.